Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the DC United Kingdom podcast and I am your host James Graham. Um, I am alongside a guest today so I am going to allow my guest to introduce herself so guest introduce yourself. Hi, James. Thanks for having me on the show again. This is Sarah Kalassi, the editor-in-chief over at MLS Female and the DC United beat reporter for MLS Female. So thank you again, James. Great to chat with you. You too as well. Um, it has been a while, hasn't it? Um, we've not really uh, done a podcast together for probably about three four weeks, I think it is now. I know. It's been too long, right? Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, you know, just kind of the usual, heading to whatever DCU games are at Audi Field, living life, praying for the end of summer in the district because it has been so hot and so humid, and I am ready for fall and hopefully playoff season. Fingers crossed. Well, I, I don't really need to say fingers crossed. I think we will be fine. I think we just need to get one more win out the last three and we've uh, clinched ourselves a uh, place in the playoff. I like it. I'm ready. Um, so, um, we've got a couple of things to go through today. Um, we've got some big news from this week, haven't we? We've got uh, Yamil Assad back for next season. Yay! I'm so excited. I can't wait. Going to start counting days very soon. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm surprised that he hasn't been able to play some games for Loudoun, um, which I think there was quite a bit of talk about that, wasn't there? There was a lot of talk, and I believe now he's just going to be working on getting his fitness back up. I believe he's going back home to Argentina, so he's ready to kick off the 2020 season. But how great would it be if he were playing out at Loudoun? I would definitely be making the drive to go watch. I think there would be quite a few um, sellouts uh, for the rest of the season if that was to happen, I think. I mean, he would tear that league up, wouldn't he? Oh my goodness, it'd be incredible. It'd be a great kind of elevation to for Loudoun United, get him alongside some of the guys that he would be with on the first team as well, and kind of just get him back in the swing of things. That would be so great. Yeah, it would be. I mean, it's. Um, I think it would be great for USL in general as well, just to have someone of that caliber being able to play in that league. Um, I think when Loudoun would play on the road, I think, the crowd come out and see that as well though. So if that was if that is the case, I mean it could still happen, I think. You never know. Hey, fingers crossed. I'll be there if it does. <laughs> yeah. Get get down to Sagrafield and uh see what's happened down there with their Loudon. I mean they've not had the best of seasons, have they? In terms of results. No, they haven't had the best of seasons, but I really do believe in what their coach is doing. And I think he has a good plan and he's building that team up quite a bit. So I'm excited to see what they do next season as well. Yeah, it's Ryan Martin who's the he's head fabulous. coach at the moment, isn't it? Oh, yeah, he's fabulous. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some of the plays that I've seen and some of the highlights that I've uh, caught up on, the likes of uh, Buster Mante, some of the goals he's been scoring this season. Oh, my God. They're just insane. Very high quality of play. So I think it's a matter of getting them to be a bit more consistent. And we'll see good things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they just need to kind of figure out um, kind of the best defence, I think, because obviously Pines doesn't play a lot more for them anymore, um, seeing as he's been really in and around the first-team squad uh, for DC United. So it's um, if they can get a good centre-back pairing, I think, and a couple of decent full-backs, they'll, they might do well in the USL. I think they will. And not that we're disappointed at all that Pines is up on the first team because he's just fantastic. So <laughs> He has been absolutely awesome. Um, has, speaking of Pines and in the first team, I know in the previous game against um, Portland, uh, Brillant picked up a bit of a wrist injury. I've not seen anything about that, whether he's picked up a knock or anything like that. Have you seen anything about Brillant? I haven't heard anything after that so I'm hoping all is well because he's such a key yeah. player I really would not like to do without him no not at all um that's kind of tied in nicely into a match review of the Portland game I kind of tweeted out a few times it was brick wall brilliant because he was literally stopping everything in that game he was absolutely phenomenal my man of the match for me um how put it into your moments how did you find the Portland game for that bit that you managed to catch up on. So I had a very interesting watch 
slash listen of the Portland game. I was actually driving back from a weekend out at Shenandoah National Park. And from what I did catch, just unbelievable defending. I mean, we really do have one of the best defense in MLS. And it really showed up. So I was happy to see that. And just, you do see the pride that Brown puts into his work. And he knows exactly how many goals they've let in. He knows every single detail. So definitely an expected performance from him, but valued nonetheless. Just great work. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's great to see that we can actually rely on this particular defense. And I know there was a key stat that I saw um, on Twitter about the amount of times that we've taken the lead and then won. And we've taken the lead now 11 times and we've won 11 times. So, you know, from this particular squad that we've got right now, if we are to take the lead, you know, right now, that's it. We're going to win the game. It's, I find that stat absolutely incredible. It's fantastic. And I think, too, that kind of the mentality behind that, we have such a focused squad right now. They just take it and they run with it, you know? Yeah. Um, what I would love to see, though, is our second half performances to improve. Because um, the first half we played some good stuff and we were pressing high. And it was just the second half was classic DC of 2019. Just button 11 men behind the ball and allow shots to rain down on the goal, which, to be fair... Um, those shots were majority from were from range and weren't really hitting the target at all. I think it was 24, 25 attempts on goal with four on target. So we weren't exactly bothered by it, but from an entertainment factor, which soccer is an entertainment business as well as a sports business, it was a bit boring. You know, and that was part of the reason I was glad I was only catching kind of um, bits and bites. I was more listening because I'm thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I'm wondering how everyone is managing to watch right now because parking the bus is really uh, not the best uh, spectacle to watch. No, not at all. And for those of you who do watch the EPL and I've seen Jose Mourinho's style of play, it reminded me a lot of that. Oh my goodness. And what about the issue with no VAR for that oh, goal that should have yeah. been a goal? Jeez. I mean, this is the... And I've, I've heard Ben Olsen talk about it and the uh, post-match um, interview that he did. And it's just like, the technology's there. Why aren't we using it? And I saw quite a few times about MLS... People were thinking that we had um, goal line technology, um, but I did read into it, and Don Garber decided to turn it down back in 2015, saying it was too expensive. But if it starts to cost you championships, then that's not that's not exactly a good excuse, is it? No, not at all. And it's just really shocking. Again, you have the technology; you should be using it. It's unprofessional not to. I just. I don't get it. I mean, I tend to watch a lot of the um, pro referees' um, weekend reviews um, after after the fact. I'm interested to see what they come out for the weekend's games. And uh, it's just, I really do wish that whenever there's a shot or a, a situation that happens like that, so whether it's a penalty or a red card offence or some a ball that might have crossed the line, as soon as the ball goes dead, it should be straight reviewed. doesn't matter what the ref thinks. He should just be ordered to go and look at the uh, the TV because the TVs are there. Why don't you use it just to, if it's not only to confirm your what you thought? I'm 100% with you on that. And it's really, to me, both shocking and, again, unprofessional to see how many times we've come out with these calls that were made or calls that were not reviewed properly, and then they would have changed the entire outcome of the match. No, absolutely. Um, it would have made the DC United performance a little bit more relaxed, and I think in the second half we probably wouldn't have actually put 11 men behind the ball. I think we might have actually pressed a little bit more and actually thought, you know what, we could get another goal or two here. 
So it would have been a bit more of a spectacle of a game. So it it baffles me. And then when I watch these weekend reviews and you look at the actual uh, VAR decisions and you think, actually, those the guys in there, when they come to actually do a review, they know what they're doing. So why can't they just do it 100% of the time? I don't know. Maybe we're going to have to get on a call with them and ask them. That would be quite the show, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, get get on the buzzer to uh, Howard Webb. Um, because I, I I just, I genuinely don't know why it happens. So if you listen and you need know why, if you're actually from the Pro Referee Association, get in touch, drop me a DM. I want to, I would love to speak to you and find out what, goes on in in those uh, VIR um, offices and actually find out what the process is behind the decision making and actually sending something down for review because right now there seems to be no consistency and if there's any way we can help we would love to wouldn't we oh absolutely I think we're all a bit stumped so yeah um, but just to go back to the second half of the uh of that uh, Timbers game, Ariola's chance in the second half, in that absolute spectacular save from Steve Clark. That was. Um, did you manage to see that? I did not manage to see that, except in replay. I didn't see it live. So, but, oh uh, my goodness, he's just a fantastic player. I love watching him. Uh, Ariola is fantastic, and and to be honest, Steve Clark, he he made he pulled off a hell of a save with that. It was he kept himself big. Um, Ariola decided to go for power and just all he needed to do was just tip it and they hit the post and fair play to Steve Clark fantastic save um, I don't think you will see many better than that actually because it was point blank range that's incredible and Steve Clark's really making a name for himself I know um, one of our journalists actually just did a great player spotlight and I'm happy to plug it because I really enjoyed reading it over at MLS Female uh, Araceli Villanueva did a great spotlight on Steve Clark, so I'd recommend anybody to go check that out and learn some more about him. And of course, he was a former DC player as well, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, as, as it was last season he left, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. I think it might have been last season. I'm not 100%. I, would, I think it was. Yeah. Anyway, he's he is obviously a Timbers player for now. Um, so... I don't think there's anything else we need to really discuss about the Portland game, is there? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't too exciting. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to this weekend and the guys coming back home and seeing what happens there. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got uh, Seattle Sounders at home. Um, that is a 1am kickoff for anyone watching it in the UK. Uh, so that will mean that is a 8pm kickoff in the US. 8 p.m. Let's see. How many hours ahead are you all from so us? Five, five hours ahead. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it is 8 p.m. for us. Yeah. Ooh, and it's a Sunday. Yeah, that's going to be rough for a lot of folks going to work the next day. Uh, I, that's I, it's, it's a bit of a strange one because, again, that's the kickoff times is something that I've seen spoken about a heck of a lot recently over this actual these last 12 months. And why they're so late in the day um all i've seen is sunlight and the sunrise and sunset is there any do you know if there's any other reason why the games are kicking off later than usual for us uh, for us i'm not a hundred percent i've heard kind of some different things ranging from we want the sun to go down broadcast times when they can get satellites i'm I am not sure, but whoever's arranging it, please, can we have some earlier kickoffs back? That would be fantastic, especially on the weekend. be really, really nice. It'd be nice for me as well, so I don't have to stay up late so often. You don't want to stay up half the night, James? Not really, if I can help it. I mean, I'm getting the practice in for when I have a kid. That's when fair. When that kid comes along. That's fair. So, thank you to DC for that. Get me prepared for, for 2020, so I will... Uh, Thank you for that one, but it would be nice to have some earlier kickoffs. Future little DC United fan. Uh, indeed. Um, I will thank you again for sending over those little uh, baby clothes. That, that will be one of the first few things that 
the little boy or girl will be wearing. I can't wait. Oh, you're so welcome. I want pictures. I can't wait either. Uh, honestly, I, they, they will be coming coming your way as soon as that happens. Um, oh, honestly, I can't wait for that little one to come along. I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent, so apologies to you, listen, you listeners. But if you don't know, me and my wife are having a little baby in at the end of February in 2020. And just cannot wait. And we'll find out whether it's a boy or a girl very soon. Either way, it's a DC United supporter. Either way, for sure. Either way, yeah. It does not matter. They will be DC United. They will be black and red. And maybe it's Millsborough as well if, if they decide to support a UK team. <laughs> oh, if they decide to support. I like this. If, if, I like this. If. I, I, to be honest, I will quite happily put my ha- hand on my heart and actually say, now I'm more of a DC United fan than I am a Millsborough fan. Oh my goodness. It is crazy. I've now been to more games since I've moved down um, to the southwest of England to DC United games than I have of Millsborough. Don't let them hear you say that. Oh my goodness. I mean, all the black and red supporters are happy, but... Yeah, that's crazy, right? That is crazy. Oh my goodness. I, I travel thousands of miles to watch DC United play, uh, but I won't. I rarely travel four and a half hours to go and watch my uh, English team play. That's dedication. That is. That is dedication. And then, and then there's the fact that the being able to consume DC United matches is a hell of a lot easier than it is to get UK matches. I just find that bonkers. Because if I'm correct, you all can't watch the afternoon matches, right, on broadcast, or there's some weird thing going on with that. Yeah, so we can't watch 3 p.m. kickoffs over here in the UK because of. The way the TV licensing deals are done, um, it is just bizarre. Um, but if you're abroad, you can watch all the games. Um, even in the championship, you can watch you watch all the championship games live. Um, a bit like how I can watch all the DC United games live, whether whichever portal I use to choose. Um, it's it's bonkers, but now it's getting a little bit better because highlights are on YouTube now um, from Sky Sports uh, for the Premiership so that's a little bit easier but then my team is in the Premiership so I'm still at square one um, and it's getting better it's just not we can't watch everything live I'm just so intrigued by the way broadcast deals work and all of that because you would think you know the local market would be a big focus in getting people to be able to watch matches even if they're not able to attend yeah it's then saying that um, the US is a hell of a big market to try and get that sorted out. So whilst for us over here, if you think about it, it's the UK is not a, it's exactly a big island. Um, so getting a local market doesn't make a huge amount of sense, especially with the populations. You wouldn't get good value for money, so they'll just do it as a national thing. So in a way, everyone's treated the same, and I kind of like that. Whilst in the US correct me if I'm wrong because I've seen a lot of stuff with floor sports but you've got to be in a certain <laughs> geographical location to be able to watch a particular match and that's just like what that's just backwards why don't why is never everything track the same and I kind of I'm siding with MLS wanting to bring it in-house I kind of like that and I'm I'm a supporter of that and I know that will probably be very controversial I would just like easier access across the league for people to watch matches because I know right now things are so scattered and so kind of there everything's with different broadcasters or there's different ways of consumption. There are blackouts on matches depending where you are geographically. So it does get a bit difficult. I know I go between flow sports espn plus and of course i'm at all of our local matches live but it really gets a bit tricky to kind of figure out (laughs) where your match is going to be broadcast how you need to watch it yeah um here's a little idea um let me know what you think of this so you have one channel one mls channel um and i don't know whether this would work because i don't know how you guys have your cable and your um, set-top boxes sorted, but you press one button, go to like 
a multi-spot, multi-channel channel. So you go to your MLS channel, um, say that's channel channel three on your set-top box, and you press a red button, and it has a list of all the games that you can watch, and then you just choose the game that you want to watch. Ah, oh, that would be brilliant. Okay, James, make it so. Make it so. How, how simple would that be? That means then you still have your local commentators as well. So Dave Johnson doesn't lose a job because that would just be tragic. Um, but then everything is in one place. So everyone can consume the content. It's a nationwide thing rather than just being geographical. It just To me, that makes makes a lot more sense. If anyone's listening, James has solved our problems right there. There you go, 2020. Don Garber, hire me. I'll sort your league out. <laughs> but only if James can move to DC. He can't be up in New York because we want to hang out with him down here. And 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 obviously my the whole family as well. That would be nice. I just don't want to be on my own. Oh no, of course. No. Um. Anyway, back back to Seattle. <laughs> now that we've right, solved that everything, all of the problems we've, we've of sort- watching matches. Yeah, we've we've sorted that out. So now the Seattle game. Um. As I said before we started recording, I took a few sort of notes down. So, Seattle, they've got a midweek game, which I think, is that, I think it's tonight that they're playing. Let me just double check on that. Because uh, if I remember right, they're playing FC Dallas. Yes, they are playing. Um, uh, Well, UK time, it's 3.30 in the morning. So, I don't know what time that is, um, Seattle time, because that's West Coast. I think that's probably half seven, eight, half eight kickoff. So that's three hours, I believe, behind East Coast time. So three hours earlier. Oh. So there, so that would be. So yeah, so there, where here in the UK, we're eight hours ahead. So three and a half. At least one hour. Half eight. Or so, it's either half seven or half eight, whichever the one of those two. Um, but they've got that game to come up, and then they've got to travel over to DC. So they've got a bit, bit of a trek in between. Depending on how that game goes later on, um, it could be a bit. They could be tired, to say the least. They've got massive travel. Um, they're going to be missing a couple of players. They've got Will Brewer out and Jonathan Campbell. They're not exactly their main players, but. I know Will Bruins kind of um, been a mainstay in their team. Um, key players, I've ended, I've ended there. If I could use my words, I have identified. Um, God, that was bad. I'm not cutting that out. That's staying in. Um, uh, you've got Ladero, you've got Rodriguez, you've got Roldan, and you've got Morris. Those are my key players from the Seattle sides. Have you? Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. 100% agree on that one. So, and I've had a look at their recent form. Obviously, before tonight's game, they've only lost once in the last five. So, they're on decent form. Uh, they're currently second in the Western Conference, and that won't change no matter what the result is this evening. Um, but, on the road, they've only won four times out of 15. That's not a great road record. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining no, at all. No, I'm not. No, so I'm glad that we're we're playing them at home. Um, and to top it off, they've conceded the second highest amount of goals out of the top seven in the Western Conference. So they're, they're a little bit leaky out the back. Hmm. So I think we could take some very nice advantage of that. And we'll be home. Yeah. Being home is great. Well rested, hopefully. Yeah, we've had a week. We've had a week to get ourselves back into the rhythm. I, I, I'm fancying this. I mean, we've won back-to-back games for the first time since May of this year, so that's good. We've had clean sheets, back-to-back clean sheets for the first time since May as well. So things are starting to pick up a bit. Granted, the performance against Portland wasn't the best, but it was the kind of performance that we needed away from home it was a that kind of performance where you just grind it out you take what you can get and you run out of the run out run back home i don't mind it and we've picked up 22 points on the road this season we've had a fantastic away record 
it just I I'm not going to argue with how we've done away, um, and that, I will come on to that in a bit. Um, we've had a thought on our away record and playoffs as well, but it's I know you don't like making predictions, but break down what you think about the Seattle game, Sarah. Well, here's what I'm going to say because I'm an optimistic person. I'm going to say that we're going to win, going to get our playoff spot clinched. Oh. Did you just make a prediction? I just made a prediction. We flipping right. So, no one come after me. If anything different <laughs> happens, I'm terrified. But you know what? I think we're getting into our form a little toward the end of the season. The urgency is there. We did just come off a three-point match. Good for morale. We're going to be rested. We've got you know everyone in good form, good health. Things are looking good knock on wood i'm knocking on wood right here but no really i think uh things are looking up for us this weekend and yeah. i would just be thrilled to see a win at home because our road form has been fantastic so i'd like to see a win at home i'm ready <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i mean we've our home record so far this season for those of you who haven't got the league table um to hand we've one six at home, we've lost four, and we've tied five games. Um, which, looking at, without working out what the points are, it's the worst out of the top seven, um, which isn't great. But our away record, which doesn't happen too often in soccer in general, it's usually the home record that sets you through through the season. Um, our way record's been fantastic. Our home form needs to improve, and there's no better way to start that than the next game, because it's always about the next game. You never think to, you never think about the following game after that. You think about the last game. It's always about the next game, and I'm ready to see some beer showers. Oh, I am too. Y'all might be hearing some whoops of joy from the press box when we. When we win this on Sunday, I'm ready. I like that when we win. Because I'm, I'm really sad, you know, every time I have to walk into that locker room or that press conference and everyone is so just downtrodden. So I'm ready. I'm ready for a win. I would love to see you just to be able to go into that locker room, just see everyone smiles on their faces, the players giving each other high fives, if that's what they do in the, in the locker room. I don't know. Um, and just just be able to go in there and just have nice happy conversations rather than speaking to Paul Ariola and him getting frustrated and going what what happened in this game and when you know exactly what happened that game it's just oh it would be nice to be able to go and give him a high five from me <laughs> and say great performance <laughs> I will say this for Paul he's always one of the last ones sticking around he's always willing to talk to the journalists no matter how well or how poorly things have gone and that to me is just class all the way yeah it's i genuinely see with the post-match interviews it's always been awesome because he has to do it but then it's usually paul Ariola or wayne rooney mm -hmm. or both of them in fact um those are the two that i will genuinely see most in the post-match interviews. And that is fantastic because Paul's not even a vice-captain. He's just one of the players who just is always happy to put his say across and the reasons why the game went in that particular way, whether it's good or whether it's bad. It's, it's nice to see that. It's a real mark of his professionalism that he's not afraid to kind of self-reflect reflect on the performance of the team he doesn't get you know as bogged down of course he's emotional of course he's having whatever feelings he's having about the match but he is willing to share and i just yeah class all the way no absolutely absolutely um so you've predicted a win i'm gonna predict a win um mainly because we are at home i am throughout this season i've been mr optimism no matter what the hell's happened, um, unlike some of the things that I see on Twitter um, with the Ben Olsen out tweets and all that jazz, I do enjoy 
us getting those wins. I do enjoy staying up late, so I would like to be rewarded for staying up late as well. That would be nice. Um, I'm actually going to even put a scoreline down. I'm going to say 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. So why no two, clean one. sheet? Mainly because uh, Seattle, they've got some great forwards in their team. Um, they do score a lot of goals. I mean, if we go back to the league there, I mean, they've scored 50 goals um, throughout the season in 30 games. So they do, I would expect them to get something. Um, I would love to see us keep a clean sheet, but that is my slightly pessimistic uh, head on there. Um, we shall see what happens now, um, but I do expect us to get a win um, because they're leaking defence and it'd be nice for Wayne Rooney to bag a goal or two. Are you happy to go on to the thoughts and questions now, Sarah? Absolutely. Yeah. So, first one is from H.E. Pennypacker. Um, and he is at E underscore Millionaros on Twitter. He's said a few things to us. Um, first one, and I would like to hear your thoughts on this straight away. VAR is a farce. VAR is a farce. I think... Yeah. Perhaps in MLS, the use of VAR or the lack of use is a farce. However, I think it's a great way to make sure that matches are fair and that calls that the referee is making are confirmed. Yeah, I totally agree on that one. I, VAR is actually a great tool um, when it works and when the person behind it is doing the, doing the job properly. That's the main thing that is the farcical part of it is the fact that the person behind the desk isn't doing the right job um, and we've seen it in the EPL where the VAR has been used in the right way and it's been there's only been a couple of decisions that have not been the right one and with new things it's always going to take time to learn but you know it's it's a great tool. Um, I just wish MLS had goal line technology um, as well as VAR because that would also have helped us with that um, that goal. That wasn't the goal. Um, his second thing that he kind of moved on to was we were very lucky to come home with those three points. As it stands, one win out of the last three games is required for a playoff spot. I can see it going to, down to the last wire um, with a game against FC Cincinnati. Not great. How do you, would you agree with that, Sarah? I'm not sure I 100% understand the rest of the question. Um, being lucky to come home with the three points from Portland, I don't know if we were lucky. I think we played well. And I think if the VAR had been properly employed, we would have come back 2-0. So mm. I don't necessarily think we we're lucky in that sense. I mean, of course, an own goal is always, you know, pretty lucky for us, but... I think, you know, we, we played well. And mm. I tend to agree with FC Cincinnati. We'll probably take that win. I don't want to say definitively <laughs> because you never know. Crazy things have happened. Yeah. But I'd like to see us, you know, pull off that win on Sunday, which I believe we're going to do. And that's a day. Yeah. Um, I would I would say I can understand where he's coming from with saying that we were lucky. Um, if you look on paper, yes, we were very lucky. But we know we all know that games aren't played out on paper. Um, when you look at it in more detail and when you actually watch the match, yes, Portland had a lot of possession. They had a lot of shots compared to us, but they only had four on target. Um, we had four on target as well. Um, so we've got to put that into perspective. Um we had some great opportunities to get extra goals. Yes, we should have had one more, but we didn't. And that meant we ground out that result, which, again, wasn't pretty watching. It was not great. My nails were right down to the bottom um, because I was expecting something to happen. But when you've got Hamid, you've got Brillant, you've got Birnbaum, you've got Knauss at right back now. Um, I want to ask you about that in a moment, Sarah. Um We've got a very good back four, um, and we've only, we've conceded the joint third lowest in MLS this season, and that is just fantastic. Um, going down to the last match against Cincinnati, I think we'll get it done sooner than that. I think we'll get it done this weekend. 
Um, I'm very optimistic about it happening this weekend. So, it, and it also depends on the other results as well. Because I think if the Red Bull is it the Red Bulls that we've got. Um, so on the outside of the playoffs, you've got uh, Impact and Chicago Fire, the only two teams that can catch up with us um, in terms of getting that playoff spot. So the Chicago uh, Chicago have got MC Cincinnati. So I'd expect them to win that one. Uh, Montreal, who've been doing absolutely incredibly poor recently. <laughs> They've been awful, haven't they? They've been having a quite the rough Didn't time. They... <laughs> oh, I mean, who, who did they lose to in the last game? Because they were at yeah, they lost to FC Cincinnati in the last game. <laughs> it's been a bit you know, abhorrent for Montreal. You know it's going bad when you're getting beat by Cincinnati. And you're unable to score against FC Cincinnati. <laughs> when they've conceded 72 goals this season and you blank against FC Cincinnati, you know it's going wrong. That's a moment where you really need to step back and reassess what's going on. Yeah. I mean, that kind of it kind of shows their change in head coach might not have been the right thing to do. Because they took on the Dynamo's um, former coach. Yeah. And, well, we beat them 3-0. They've just been beaten by Cincinnati 1-0 at home as well. That doesn't... Doesn't bode there's well. There's something on the pitch. And they've got Bojan as well. The former Barcelona whiz kid. It's kind of like, I don't know what's going on over there. It is a bit strange, um, to say the least. Um, so, yes, uh, Chicago, they've got Cincinnati, which they're away as well um, to Cincinnati. So that could be interesting. Um, Cincinnati, they've picked up a couple of wins recently. And, well, Montreal, I don't expect them to get a win, to be honest. They've got Toronto at um, half 12 UK time this evening and that will be half 7 your time will you stay up to watch no no not interested no. <laughs> I'm, I'm dedicated to DC and only <laughs> I can't be bothered to, to watch that one when I said earlier about Cincinnati getting a couple of wins recently they had that one against Montreal and then the time before that was against Chicago. Oh, so they beat Chicago already this season. Oh, that could be a cheeky six-pointer for them. It's going to definitely be interesting. It'd be kind of funny if uh, Cincinnati pulled out a coup at the end of the season <laughs> and just said, you know what, we're at least going to go out swinging. Well, that's it, isn't it? They're, they're no, they, they can't do much this... Well, they can't do anything this season now. So why not? Why not just play with a bit of freedom? I mean, they've got four games left. The highest they're going to finish in the Eastern Conference is bottom. <laughs> so they can't exactly do anything there. Um, the only thing they, they could do is finish second bottom in the entirety of MLS. And that's only if Vancouver lose their next three games and Cincinnati win their next three, uh, four games. Stranger things have happened. Well, true. But then... This is FC Cincinnati. Um, anyway, moving on to the next one, because I could carry on talking about that for another hour, and I'm aware that people don't want to listen to me rambling on about the league table for an hour. Um, Laura, um, she is one who comes in quite often, so thank you, Laura. Um, came in from a new angle, uh, from Instagram this time, rather than Twitter. Um Thoughts on whether an away playoff match would be better given our current home away record? Ooh. What do you reckon, Sarah? I like that. I really like that. You know, this one I couldn't speculate on. <laughs> because, again, it's where if you look at what's on paper and you look at mm -hmm. the results of the season, perhaps. If you look at something in terms of rest or distance, maybe not. So, if the playoffs were to start today, this is how it would go. So, in the Eastern Conference, um, NYCFC would 
be the team that will get the bye into the next round. In the Western Conference, that would be LAFC. I mean, that goes without saying because they've just been absolutely fantastic all season. Uh, in the round one matches in the Western Conference, I'm doing this on purpose. Um, you have Seattle versus Portland, Minnesota versus San Jose, and RSL versus the Galaxy. Um, because somehow the Galaxy won 7 2. Or was it 7 1? They scored seven goals against San. Um, San, was it San Jose that scored seven against? That's just absolutely insane seeing that score line. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Um, so that's the West Conference. Eastern Conference wise, you'd be getting Philadelphia would be playing New England. You would have Atlanta playing the Red Bulls. And then you'd have Toronto playing DC United. Ooh. And now, do you remember Ooh. what happened the last time we were in Toronto? Ooh. I Bill I made broke records. <laughs> We're so fortunate to have Bill I made. Oh no. He is just unreal how good he is. By the way, Bill, if you're listening, I want you on my show. Please come <laughs> on. You are my favourite DC player of all time. Please. Pretty please. With a cherry on top. Um He he was fantastic in that game. It was the r- most amount of saves was keeping keeping a clean sheet in MLS history. I mean, I'd be happy to go back to Toronto and have that happen again, but we score a cheeky goal. Oh my gosh, that match was like watching Toronto play dodgeball just against Bill Hameen. It really was, wasn't it? Oh my goodness, that was crazy to watch. But you think about it, that was a while ago now, and it feels like we've got a completely different team now. When you think, we did no longer have um, Steber, so he's not playing up top. We had a really weak team out as well, so we had Akeem Ward playing at left back in that game. We had Pines playing um, in a makeshift five-back formation. Um, I think we had Chris McCann playing as well um, in centre midfield. So there's three of the players that we no longer have in our roster. Well, so now we've got Ola Kamara. We've got Felipe Martins, which I had a little bit of an argument on some, with someone on Twitter um, about him. Ooh, do tell. Yeah, do um, tell. actually, yeah, I will, I will say about this. So, uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, in, your, in your eyes, what are your thoughts on Felipe Martins? I think he's been putting in good work. And you know what? He's showing up. He's ready to play. I really, generally, I've liked what I've been seeing from him, so... So, now bear in mind what he did to Espindola. Yeah, yeah. Are you you someone who could... So my point I tried to make across to him was, if it was down, we got to MLS Cup final day, and it doesn't matter who we were playing, let's just put LAFC in there. It's nil-nil. It's coming up to added time. And up pops Felipe Martins and scores the winner. Would you forgive him? And he was just like, but got always gone on about what he did in the past. And I'm like, I, I don't care what he did in the past. He's a black and red player now. Mm-hmm. If he scores a winner to get all a hat trick or whatever to get us that MLS Cup. I don't care what he did in the past. He is now a hero for DC United. I mean, if it comes down to we're playing the Red Bulls and in the playoffs, in one of the playoff rounds, and he scores against them, and that helps us win that game, will he be? Will will it be forgiven for what he did to Espindola? You can never totally forgive what he did because that was horrific and that was just shocking. But to me, that will put that to bed, and I would just say, forget the past. You're here now. Let's support you. I'm with you on this one. Yes, it happened. Yes, it was completely and totally, as you said, horrific. It was awful. But we do need to move forward. He is a good player on the field. Yeah, he's been fantastic, and I've enjoyed watching him. He's got a great set piece on him. Oh, my goodness. He controls, controls that central midfield so well alongside Moreno. It's, 
helps the fact that you've got Canals being fantastic at right back now, and he's really taken to the side, and I'm I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, and I know there's a lot of haters on Felipe Martins, um, and there was an interview, I can't remember whether it was on Pitch Pass or somewhere else, um, but you hear him talk, and you're like, he's a gentleman, he's a proper gentleman, and he knows what he's done, and he realises that, but everyone deserves a second chance. And I think people do grow and they do change and they mature. Yeah. And so he he does deserve a chance and he is trying to earn his chance. He's not expecting it right off the bat. Yeah. Which I appreciate. I think and I think he genuinely knows that he knows he has to work harder than pretty much anyone in the club right now to earn that chance and earn the respect of the fans because of what happened in the past. And he's putting in the effort. So I'd say, you know what, give the guy the benefit of the doubt for right now. Let him put in good yeah. work and let his play speak for itself. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to try and reel it back into Laura's point because we've kind of gone off on a tangent yet again in this episode. I might name it the episode with the tangents because it's happened a few times now. <laughs> um, it's, I, I'd be happy if we've got, I wouldn't be disappointed. I would prefer to have a home game in the playoffs, but given our record away from home, it, I'd be happy to play away. It's not going to disappoint me too much. I think we could do an absolute fine job being away. You know, I am inclined to say whichever match we can win, and whichever match we win, I'm perfectly happy with. I The only one, the only team I would say I would like to avoid in the playoffs right now is the Union mm-hmm. just because our recent record against them has been dismal um, I, th- I was trying to think of a family friendly word but I'm struggling <laughs> um, yeah I, I can't say what I'm thinking right now <laughs> because I, I don't want to put explicit content on this episode um, but it's oh, it's just been poor. Um, so, but you've got New England. I wouldn't. I, I'd be surprised if we ended up playing them. But if we ended up playing them, not a problem with that. Atlanta, we seem to do all right against them. I mean, granted, earlier on the season when we played them at the Mercedes Benz, those last five minutes were our our own undoing. Oh, that was awful. So, it was so unlucky. It was just. Literally just two minutes more that they needed to concentrate and we would have walked away with a point and an unbeaten record of 2019 against Atlanta. But hey, it wasn't meant to be. Um, Red Bulls, I mean, who doesn't like playing the Red Bulls? It's a great derby game. Um, or what you call them, rivalry games. Um, Toronto, again, I wouldn't be too disappointed in that either. I think we could get a win against them fairly well, not fairly easily, but I think we could get a win against them. Um, I want to ask you, it's not a listener thought or question, but it's a question from me, Sarah. All right. What have your thoughts been on Russell Knauss playing at right back in the last two games? I'm a big Russell Knauss fan. I think he's fantastic. I'm glad he's back and he's not injured, and I think he's he's rather good there. So... I've got no issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm down for whatever works, to be honest. And if it's something a little bit different that we're going to try, and if it works, and if he's fitting in well there, you know what? Why not? Yeah. He's He's been great. There's only a couple of things that I would say to, to him if I was his coach. Um, when... It gets to so sort of the later st- stages of the game. He see, does tend to drop central again. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I've noticed in there. And when I was, I can't remember what I was listening to. Um, it was one of the pod. I think it was one of the podcasts. Um, actually, no, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but agreeing with Michael Cohen. Um, and he was talking about how Canals actually drops quite central. Um, and that'll just be from his from when he's been playing in, in the midfield. He just needs to 
be able just to stick to that wing and prevent those crosses coming in. Because when he is out there, crosses don't come in. And we don't concede from those crosses, which has been one of our pain points this season. I'm, I'd be happy for Canals to continue it right back in 2020. He's looking well there. And as you said, if he breaks that tendency to move more centrally, I think we could be you know, pretty well set up with him. So, again, if it's working and he can prevent those, why not? Yeah, that's it. It's He's looking good. Um, another another thing, I've, I've just literally just thought of this. Um, dropping Hara and Acosta, do you agree with the kind of the going thoughts across the Twitterscape that it's to do with the fact that well, Costa's contract expiring at the end of the season. Harris' loan deals ending at the end of the season. Are we preparing ourselves for a 2020 season without them? That's what it looks like. And I do suppose it makes sense. Because you want to kind of get the guys going with the team that will be there. Mm-hmm. However... They are both fantastic players, and if we do have them, I think we should use them to our advantage while we still have them, especially moving into a playoff scenario. So I can understand some experimentation, but I don't think we should just kind of disregard that we have them still. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, so far, Costa's done all right coming on off the bench. I think he's... Especially the game against Timbers. Um, him, Ariola, and Ameriqua. Ameriqua. I'm struggling with my words tonight. Um, Quincy. Yes, that'll do. Um, the great Quincy Ameriqua. Um, He's in he, your head, James. He's in your head. He's in my head. He has been in my head. He's. I love him to bits. He, He's a great guy. He needs a contract for next. He needs a contract for next year, doesn't he? Oh my goodness! I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, waiting. Like, is he staying? Is he going? If he does stay, can we use him better? <laughs> yeah, Quincy. Um, again, if you're listening, I think you actually might do because you know you were an absolute legend of a guy. We want you back. We want you back for 2020. Um, I don't want this to be the end of our relationship. I want you back on my podcast yet again. <laughs> As well as Bill and Meade. I want you both on. Um, so, but yeah, um, what what was I saying? Yeah, them three, Acosta, Ariel, and America. The, the AAA attack. Um, they wound down the clock incredibly well at, um, in the Timbers game. And when it was coming to add a time, literally the three of those guys in the corner just wasted two minutes of the five minutes. And it was just like, that is fantastic game management. And and it got to the point where we actually broke on the counter a couple of times, and all it needed was just for Quincy just to look up and look to his right, and he would have seen Ariola free, and that could have been two 0 and that would have just put the game to bed. So Quincy can actually do some really good things. And all he needs to do in the attack is just make sure his head's up and he's looking in both directions, if that's even possible. Um, but I would love to see him back for 2020. He's just that impact player that we need. And Acosta, I still do want to see him play for us. I just I just hope his head's in the right place for whatever happens at the end of this year. This I hope so too. I mean, he's had a really rough go of it from the beginning of the season with kind of upheaval as to you know where he's going to be and if he's going to get signed here, signed there. It's it's a lot for a player to deal with and still keep their head kind of yeah. on the game and straight. Yeah, absolutely. Having that failed transfer at the beginning of the season, <sighs> it's it's absolutely awful, especially when it was such a big transfer as it was going to be to PSG. Yeah, it is a shame that it didn't come off for him from a personal point of view. He would have been an absolute life changer for him and his family. Um, it's, But it says a lot about the person when he's not been able to put that behind him because what he should have been focusing on on is not only playing well for DC United but playing well for himself if he's looking to leave the club because right now the way he's played in 2019 
has made his value drop dramatically. And the amount of clubs that are going to be in for him is going to be a hell of a lot less than it was at the start of 2019. That's 100%. And he is a fantastic player. That's the thing. And he is a difference maker on the pitch. So it's really sad to have seen that happen. Yeah. And also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind playing having him in the squad for Football Manager 2020. That would be quite nice. <laughs> you know? Because I know when that game comes out in November, I will still be playing it. Um, I love it. I will be using DC, DC United. Um, it's going to be odd having Wayne Rooney leave at the end of t- the 2019 season. That's going to be strange. But, you know, it is what it is, and we'll see what happens. I'm still sad um, about that. We're going to miss him. No. Uh, we're gonna. He's happy for him, but sad for us. Yeah, I think we'll we'll miss him on the pitch slightly. I don't think we'll miss him too much. In all honesty, I think we've come on leaps and bounds in the attack, and the fact that we've got Kamara in, who's taken to brilliant the black and reds very very quickly. Um, it was a shame that he wasn't able to be in any part of the game at the weekend. Um, I hope his ham. I think it was the hamstring. I hope it's all right for him this weekend. Because um, from what I think it was Ken was saying, um, he was due to start the game ahead of Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. That's, that's interesting because Wayne Rooney's fit. Yes. And to have Kamara start ahead of him, I mean, it says a lot. And I'm wondering too if that's a bit of, you know, the team preparing for a future without Wayne too. Because we do know he's going. But again, I'm very much of use all the tools that you have while you still have them. And we have good assets in Wayne, in Acosta, yeah. in Hara. So It is what it is. I think 20, if we're going to, I mean, we're almost at the end of this season now. Um, and we've still got the playoffs. But 2020 so far is it's looking quite decent for our attack um, with the likes of Yami Lassad coming back. Oh, I'm so happy. That's that is absolutely awesome. I mean, we've banged on about it for so long. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to know the ins and outs of that particular transfer and what took such a long time to get it over the line. But I'm just glad it's over the line now. Um, Ariola, Assad, Ariola, Kamara as your front three. That's a hell of a front three. No complaints there. No complaints. And how many tweets have we put out about bring back Assad? And how many times have we mentioned it? Yeah. How many times has has Yamila liked it as well? I know. I'm like, man, every time you like this, you're sending me into into a frenzy before this has been inked. Kind of wondering, you know? But it was all with good intentions, wasn't it, in the end? I think there are quite a few folks that have to go buy his jersey now. They've promised. Yeah, yeah, Ken in particular. Oh yeah, Ken, we need to hold him to that. Yeah, definitely need to see that. Uh, I wonder what number he'll go with, actually. Whether he'll go with the same one as he did when he was here last. Was it 22? Yeah, he was 22, so I'm curious. Maybe he'll pick that back up. I'm going to give you one last question. If you were a soccer player, Sarah... Are you a DC United player? What number would you be? Ooh, this is a good one. Well, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Quincy's got my number, 25. I've always played 25 mm-hmm. all throughout school when I used to play. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd be 25, but I guess I'd have to change now since we can't take that from him. So. But why 25? Um, Bit of a lucky number for me. It's my birthday, actually. <laughs> Fair enough, and yeah. my dad's birthday, my great aunts, we all have the same um, date for our birthday. So always been oh, a bit good. of a good number. That's nice and sweet, that. Is it, for me, it would have to be, I've got one of two numbers. Let's hear. Yeah, so the number that I usually get on the back of my shirt, with, if I get my name on the back of the shirt, that is, is number 99. Um, and that is, this is, Going back, and I've never actually said the reason why I've always had 99. Um, Because I've always just said it's a number that I've liked having on the shirt. Um, So back in the day, there was a goalkeeper named Vitor Bayer. He used to play for Barcelona. 
and FC Porto, if I remember rightly. And he was a goalkeeper, and his number was 99, and he was someone... And this has gone back to, again, a lot of the things that I tend to like and stuff goes back to gaming. And on the game championship manager before it came football manager, he was a keeper I used to always sign on, on that game. So, yeah, it would be number 99, or it would be number 14. And why number 14? Number 14, for the reason of... Uh, my favourite player for Middlesbrough, um, Gaiska Mendieta. Um, that was his number. And I absolutely... He is a, one of the players, out of all time, I respect the most. Um, for a few reasons where... He came, well, he came to Middlesbrough for one thing. He was the World Player of the Year and he came to Middlesbrough. Bit of a shock. Um, we tend to do those... Well, we did do those kind of signings back in the day. Um, he was frozen out of the team by Gareth Southgate, current England manager. But what he did is he'd still turn up. He got told, you're never playing for the club again. You're going to be sat in the reserves. Just, just look for another club. But he still turned up. He still trained hard as hell. And he tried to change Southgate's uh, mind. And that is something that I hugely respect. Wow. And it's not... He's not someone who gave up on a dream or gave up on the club. He wanted to show that he could do it. Um, and unfortunately, he didn't play again for the club. But he actually still lives in Middlesbrough as well. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. I feel like awesome. very privileged, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that would be why I've no, I would have number 14. It's always been wow. something a number that I've kind of liked now. That's such a great I would story. never have as a keeper, though. <laughs> It'd have to, it would have to be the number one or number 99 for if I was a keeper. That's fair. And that is the yeah. position you play. <laughs> so. It's true. And, and on my football shirt, on my six-a-side team, it is number one. So I kind of, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's about it from myself, Sahara. Have you got anything that you want to plug right now? Um, I would just say, come follow me on Twitter, at Sarah Kalassi and... Come follow all my colleagues at MLS Female. And keep an eye on my social media because I have some very fun soccer-related writing projects that are on the horizon. And you might know some of the individuals I'm working with. So just keep an Ooh. eye out. I think we will for that. That sounds exciting, to say the least. Can you share anything more? Or do we have to wait? Oh, I think you have to wait. Suspense is all all part of the reward. <laughs> Fantastic. So we will keep an eye out for that one. Um, that is the end of the show now. Um, so if you've made it this far, uh, through all the tangents that we've gone through, brilliant. Well done. A round of applause for you. Um, if you want, if you're not following on Twitter, drop us a follow over at DC United Kingdom. You can follow... And like uh, the Instagram page and also the Facebook page. You just need to put in there DC United Kingdom FC. Um, I haven't told you this, Sarah, but this particular episode is going to be the first one that I'm going to be putting up on YouTube. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, um, so this particular episode will be um, put up on YouTube as well. Um, so if you want to go and check that out, it is just going to be the podcasts that are going to be on there. Um there's no videos. It's just going to be, probably be, just be the logo on there. I might throw some images of the bits that we're talking about. Um, so we shall see how that goes. And if you like that, give it a like. Give it a subscribe on there as well. And subscribe to the podcast on your favorite um, podcasting solution. And one more request from me. If you could like and review the podcast over on itunes that will help massively and get this podcast further and reaching more people um but this is again a little new thing to this particular show we're going to end with a song um it is sven carlson and the song is called fake reality so let's hear that